Hi, welcome to the Movement for Modern Life podcast. I'm Kat Farrance and I'm founder of the Movement for Modern Life, known as the Netflix of yoga. In this podcast, I'll be exploring ways that we can all move more freely towards a healthy, happy and sustainable life. I'll be meeting teachers and experts in a variety of different fields. I'll be sharing with you some of my tips and tools that I have in my toolbox so you can take your small steps towards a healthy, happy, sustainable life. Hello, this is Kat Farrance and I'm founder of Movement for Modern Life. And welcome to the third episode of our Champions of Change series. How are you enjoying it? Are you enjoying meeting our champions? And are they inspiring you? I'd love to hear. So our third, our third champion of change is Gioti Manuel. She's somebody who I've known for years now. And she's a very senior teacher. Uh, she's been a yoga teacher for four decades now. Is, I think, the foremost children's yoga teacher in the UK. And if you ever have the good fortune of seeing her, of going to one of her classes, you will be mind blown by her approach. And you can see why her approach to teaching children also has translated so beautifully to special children. And this episode talks about her teaching children to about her dharma and about teaching special children. So what I loved, my biggest takeaways from this, of course, I'll let you dive in, was when she said, how did you know that this was the right path for you? And she said, when it's your soul's calling, it lights you up to do the work. Wow. So it made me think, wow, is it my soul's calling? Does Do I get lit up by the work? And that's a really great benchmark, I think, to follow in life. And in the interview, she talks about her method of teaching, which, again, which if, if you've been lucky enough to see it, you, you can see that her... She teaches in a really different way to how you've ever seen anybody teach a yoga class. She teaches intuitively. And how she explained that to me in the conversation is not so much intuition, but just listening. So Jyoti is teaching us about the power of listening and listening to each other. And what a beautiful message. I really hope that you enjoy listening to this podcast. And if you do, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Thank you so much. Enjoy. So today I'm joined by Jyoti Manuel, who is the founder of Special Yoga um, for Children. But Jyoti, I'd love for you to share a little bit about Special Yoga London. And is it still Special Yoga London? It's Special Yoga Global, global actually. Oh, well. That's a great conversation then. So you, you have now gone global. I'm absolutely delighted to hear. So do tell us a little bit about Special Yoga Global. Uh, yeah, well, so we, we, when we started Special Yoga in 2003, we had a centre in London. And in fact, had a centre in London up until um, 2017, actually. But originally it was um, set up to provide a nurturing and uh, nurturing home 
uh, for yoga for children with special and additional needs. Um, and so often I think these children aren't welcomed to places because then they have, you know, perhaps challenging behaviors, they look different, they seem different, um, but actually they are no different to us, really. We're all differently abled anyway, and they're just differently abled, you know, in their own beautiful, magnificent way. So the center was originally there to uh, create a home for them, to provide yoga for them, to provide support for their families, for their parents and their families. Um, and then we kind of... Well, it kind of evolved from there into running training programs, which actually happened almost immediately, where we were training uh, other people to deliver the work. And I think actually we become leaders and spokesmen in the field of disability to provide a voice for these kids so that they can be seen, so that they can be seen for the magnificent beings that they are. Because I think so often they're sidestepped as not valuable members of society mm -hmm. because they can't speak or they can't walk or they have challenging behaviors or they flap or whatever it is, mm -hmm. that, you know, whatever manifestation that they manifest. And actually underneath all of that, they're very special people. They're very mm -hmm. special people. And, you know, I've always believed that, you know, God put them here on the planet for a reason. And they certainly didn't put them here to, to exclude them. He put them here as our teachers. Because I think mm. they teach us unconditional love, they teach us patience, they teach us trust, they teach us all sorts of valuable things that I think have been lost from humanity these days. So I think they become even more important in their existence mm. and their potential. And from the global perspective, of course, what happened was, was people came from all over the world to participate in our London-based trainings and then invited us to come and bring the trainings to their countries. So we've now got hubs running in Spain, Iceland, Nepal, India, um, Sri Lanka, Peru, um, I can't think where else, I mean, and varying other parts of the world, actually, that's just a small piece of it. Uh, and Russia as well, we've got quite a lot going mm. on there. So, and it just continues to increase, really, where more people are inviting us to share our teachings. And I think probably, you know, our next stage of <laughs> process is to go on, you know, is to start to provide some online trainings as well, mm. so that more people can benefit from them. Yeah. yeah, online is amazing for getting that reach to people. And it's such an important message and it's such an important thing that you're doing. I think it's absolutely critical that people are able to access this wherever they are. I'd love to just find out um, a little bit about your background and how it is that you started to specialize with um, teaching special children. So I know that you started yoga age 17 and then started teaching in 92. So a yeah. long, long time ago, you're one of the most senior and acclaimed yoga teachers worldwide. And uh, it's amazing that you have this specialism. Oh, thank you. You know, I, I, I'm often asked that question and I, there's mm. a part of me that doesn't really know how to answer it because clearly for me, it's the Dharma, it's my Dharma in this lifetime. Mm. And it wasn't my plan when I set out to practice yoga. I, I had had a, a difficult childhood in many mm. ways. And so I found that when I went into my first yoga class, it was one of those aha moments where I realized that this was the, this was my healing. This was the place that I could come to um, that would heal me. And um, so that felt very significant for me in my own process of, uh, in my own path, really. 
And then as I started to teach, you know, people with disabilities, people asked me to go and work and arrive, people with, asked me to go and work in schools. And then I was introduced to the work of Sonia Sumar, who is a pioneer in, in yoga for children with special needs, worked with her for many years. Uh, and then we, we branched out on, in, on our own. Mm. In, I don't know, 2012, I think it was. And, um, you know, fully on our own. We were always mm. partly on our own anyway. Um, and uh, it just feels to me like when you when you know what your soul's calling is, it lights you up from inside and you have to do the work. And that's what mm. it feels like for me. That's amazing. It, and it's so beautiful that you have found such a strong, important mission in life <laughs> absolutely I mean I feel actually feel very privileged because I think an awful lot of people in the world do struggle with knowing mm. what they're really meant to be doing yes. you know so they try this and they try that and they kind of find themselves a little bit lost in the process of not really knowing yes. and I didn't you know I didn't really know I just knew that I had to do it um mm. and I just followed the path that uh, that the divine kind of guided in front of me really and for That's me, you know, wonderful. yoga is very much of a spiritual practice anyway. And mm. that, that part of the deeper surrender to the greater uh, universal power, divine, call it what you want, is very much part of my path, I think, and part of what I teach and share as well. Yeah, that's, no, I, and, and I can see that. And that's a big part of, um, a, a part of your teaching, even for the youngest children. And um, I've been lucky enough to witness some of your teaching of children and the way that you work is very very different to how I've seen other teachers teach children which are sort of right we're now all going to do a tree pose everybody do a tree and then of course there's somebody who doesn't want to do a tree or whatever it is and, <laughs> and it's a sort of fighting against that and no no come on it's a tree like and it ends up being a another nagging process um and how your the way that you approached it when I in in the snippet that I saw of you teaching it was just so intuitive so oh well the children are obviously doing this at the moment so we'll do this we'll go with them and it's letting them lead your process I'd love to find out about that well I you know I think that um I think that you know we can teach where we where we control where we you know impose control over what we think everybody should be doing mm. um, and we can also teach from the place where it's much more invitational and also mm. just really observing where are you what are you doing I don't use class plans I've never used mm. class plans and I think that not I think that what happens when you use a class plan is that your focus is on your class plan and what you're trying to achieve rather than on the people in front of you so if you work and actually spend your time just reading the energy of what the children or, or the people in front of you are giving you, so what do they need today? Do they need to be calmed? Do they need to be lifted? Do they need to, you know, move in certain ways? Um, you know, what, what, what's going on here? So that we start to invite, you know, the possibility of them learning how to follow their own, their own intuitive sense of what they need without even knowing that's what they're doing necessarily. But once you start to cultivate that strength within somebody, then it becomes, an, you know, that their in, in, intuitive sense of that becomes stronger, I think. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and both of you, so it becomes a sort of energetic reading, which is yeah. a very different thing to how, you know, if you think of most people's experience of yoga, you go to a gym or something and you kind of get frog march through a series of postures and then you feel sort of 
stretched and lengthened and you sort of wander out and you're not able to walk for days afterwards. <laughs> and that's how I, that was my introduction to yoga anyway. <laughs> and, and I think what you're suggesting is that there's a very different approach. And is, is this what you do for your, um, for your teachers, teacher trainings then? Because obviously you're teaching the teachers in order well, to spread I, the word. I, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think mm. that learning how to meet somebody's heart from your heart and learning how to meet somebody's soul from your soul is mm. is probably the most powerful thing you can give to another human being because it requires your full presence. And, you know, we all, I, I truly believe that actually all, all of humanity has a kind of a, a set, if you like, of unmet needs which is, or desired needs, if you like, which is to be respected, to be heard, to be loved, to feel safe, to feel cared for. Mm. And I think when we give somebody our full presence, then actually quite a lot of those needs are being met. And it's probably the most honoring way that we can ever meet another is by offering our full presence. And how do we offer our full presence? How do we get out of our own way so that we're not imposing our ego and our belief or judgments on you, but can just be here in a very pure way with you to meet you, mm -hmm. you know, you, the full you, rather mm -hmm. than what I think you should or shouldn't be doing or what I think you could or couldn't be doing, you know? if that makes any sense. It, it's absolutely beautiful. It makes a complete sense. And I think it's the first time that I've heard that as a yoga teacher, because of course we hear it as a mindfulness practice and something that um, a lot of us are striving towards in life. But as a yoga practice, I think that's a really beautiful thing to be able to meet a class where they are mm -hmm. and to respect them in that way is really phenomenal actually that way of being um i think you're right it is a feeling in society in general of people feeling disrespected and why are they disrespected because they're not listened to because everyone's got their own thoughts in their head and they're planning things to say but instead of listening and being mm. Mm. and then this is transmitted to, I, to you it was, mm. it was really interesting actually i was at a, a meditation the other day uh, down here and they were the people that were leading it were, were Osho uh, Sanyasin. And they played a short uh, a clip of Osho, and he was talking about the mind as the master, and actually, or actually, the heart as the master. It, the, the, the true way of being is that your heart is the master of your mind. And unfortunately, in the Western world, the mind has become the master. And mm. our job, if you like, through yoga is to shift that back so the heart becomes your master. And to come back into the heart. Yes. yes, yes, that's got to be right. And, and where did you see, um, first of all, that yoga would be able to help special people in particular, do you think? Well, I think I was one of them. I, you know, I was a, a kid mm. who, who had quite a lot of trauma growing up. Mm. And so I was, you know, I probably would have been diagnosed with ADHD. Even today, mm -hmm. I find sitting still difficult for any period mm -hmm. of time. And certainly if I'm listening, I have to be doing something with my hands. So, mm. I, you know, when I went into one of the first schools that I was asked to go into, you know, which, you know, in those days there weren't diagnosis. You know, mm -hmm. they, they were, no, they, I, they I, had, I know. Had, we, we, we hadn't got to that stage in life, yet, yeah. you know. 
And I was watching these children kind of crawling out their skin and really not wanting to be there and trying mm. to bounce and chewing pencils mm-hmm. and fiddling mm-hmm. with their hair. And, yep. you know, I, and I looked at them, I thought, well, that's me. You know, yeah, that's, I, that's I, re- right. I know what it feels like to want to get out my body yeah. and not be here. And oh. so it was, it's, and I had healed my, you know, to some degree, I mean, I'm still in the process anyway, mm. of healing my own trauma through yoga and mm. through, you know, being able to, be kinder to my body, to learn how to be in my body, to learn how to be here, you know, in, and, and learn how to settle my nervous system. And, mm. I, and I don't think I was aware of an awful lot of that in conscious terms when I first started practicing, but certainly that's what it gave me. And the more that I understand, you know, the neuroscience of yoga, the more I completely understand why I have to do what I do in my own practice, why I've chosen the, the practices that I've chosen for the children because they work, you know, mm. and, and I think for so many of so, you know, I think for all children today, anyway, mm. we need to learn to be embodied. We need to teach these mm-hmm. children to be embodied because, you mm. know, modern technology takes us out our bodies, the mm. stress and, and anxiety of life takes us out our bodies. You know, mm. that's let alone the trauma that exists in so many parts of the world. And then if you add additional needs or special needs onto that, you know, we're, we've all been given these bodies and we have to learn how to live in them. And how do we do that? And what's really interesting is if you look at the model of the koshas, for example, these children are living in the bliss body, you mm. know, actually most of the time, but they're not here. Yeah, right. So it's it's working almost from the inside out to bring them back from, and, and not to take away the bliss body, but to use that that bliss body as a way of kind of reaching into the physical body and beyond, you know, I'm mm. really sure. And I think, my goodness, you, you, you've got a pathways to God. All of us, you know, that we strive mm. for. Yeah, right. You know, Interesting. The modern, and modern yoga strive for, and these children are there, you know. And but what they mm. don't have that we have is a connection to their bodies. Right. And what um, what many people listening here won't know what the closures are. Just very briefly, what what are they? So, from a yoga perspective, I mean, the way in which I would uh, describe it is, is mm. from a yoga perspective. We are made up of several layers of mm. being. And so the koshas are just layers of our being. So we have the gross body all the way down to the bliss body. So the energy body, the physical body, the energetic body, and so on and so forth. And so as you start to, to see, see our being greater than the gross external and you know just the physical body that houses our spirit, we know that anyway, but that we also have energy, we also have emotions, we also mm. have our uh, connections to God, you know, to the mm. divine, to God, mm. to, you know, whatever you want to call it, it's all the same mm-hmm. thing anyway. Um, it's just different pieces of ourselves, really. Yeah, and when we, when we come into wholeness, mm. we actually are in all of it. Mm. Well, yeah, that's um, that's pretty profound and is something encapsulated in that sentence that, you know, it's going to take a few lifetimes for me to <laughs> fully understand what that is. But what I do understand is that I know, for example, that my family in the past have had a very difficult time trying to get into their bodies. And I know that for me, I saw, I, I remember very clearly seeing that my body was a really inconvenient vehicle for you know for, for my thoughts and I said why is this body even here and for me the yoga has been so useful in attempting to inhabit it but still I sort of live a bit of a, a distance away from my body and it's so hard 
it's so hard to fully inhabit because I suppose you can't really be present unless you are present and embodied because that's who we are absolutely I mean the mind will take us out anyway because most of our thoughts are in the past or the the future Mm. Mm. no it's that's very interesting and and the way that the special children are probably more well they've probably arrived at a destination that the rest of us are sort of attempting to see absolutely Um, absolutely I think that's really true I think mm. that's really true, but I, I I also see how you know, for example, a child in a in a body that has severe limitations and disabilities, mm. you know, could be in quite a lot of pain, could be quite mm. comfortable in their body, but yet they've got this. They can almost leave and be in, you know, be in the pathway of the divine much more readily than we can. You know, mm. it it, it's, it reminds me of those stories of you know when people have kind of had accidents and and left their mm. bodies and kind of hover mm. above it you know what I mean mm. and mm. Uh, but yet we are here in this body and and in order to achieve our full potential we need to learn how to use it to its best capacity we need you know uh, and you know uh, work with it as opposed to leave it behind. yes yeah 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 absolutely and that's um that's the step-by-step sort of thing that we, well, I, I try and sort of do and sort of fail on a daily basis. And that's... I think we uh, all fail on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, think, that's good know, to hear. Even you and, I, and I think, you know, and I think that owning that and just owning our humanity and the humility that that takes is, is certainly the underpinning of the work of special yoga. Oh, fabulous. And it, it's it's so important. Um, and do you have any stories that you're able to share about the so that people can get an idea of the real people who you've impacted since you know you've been doing it for all of these years? And there must be some really beautiful stories along the way. Oh, there's endless stories, just <laughs> endless stories. You know, I mean, you know, I I, I I'll tell you a story about some uh, one of the one of the pieces of work that I do when I'm in Sri Lanka is to go into the what they call medical centers in the rural communities in the northeast post-war where these children have had uh, little or no in most cases no access to any therapeutic input whatsoever because mm. you know the, you know physios OTs speech language pathologists I mean they're really just beginning to to even show up in those areas um, so most of these kids have had nothing and also they're very poor so mm. I spend my day sitting on the floor you know on a dirty floor in the in the, in the, the uh, health centers and the families arrive you know and then you you, you you sort of think well you know maybe I can uh, maybe after five or six families you know that'll be it for the day and I'll get up mm. and go to the beach for the rest of the day and then you look up and you see another whole load arriving because oh. you, re- you realize that you you know you're the white witch <laughs> so but what was really very beautiful from the experience of doing that is I sit with each family at a time and I look at the child and I give the parent two or three things to do uh, with their child and it's always different according to what the child's needs are and you know we sometimes go back to the same places and the parents come back for a second time and they just mm. come in and they hug you and one parent said to me you do you realize you've saved my child from hurting herself because she can now walk in a balanced way I don't even remember what I gave this mother to do, but it was probably probably some foot massage and leg movements or something, you know. And then, you know, children with very strong spasms are now, you know, who can sit, you know, are now sitting and they're able to feed them. You know, Mm -hmm. so it's these are, you know, these are quite significant 
impacts for these kids. You know? Yeah, that, that's their entire quality of life, isn't it? Exactly. That and I think that that's what the yoga can give them is a different quality of life. And, you know, and then if I bring some stories here, you know, there's a, I have a small studio at my house now. I don't, I don't even live. Oh, great. But, you know, I, I, you know, I don't any longer live in London, but I have a mm. very small studio at my house. And, you know, so there was a little boy I started to see here who had a hemiplegia, which is one-sided cerebral palsy. And when he came, he was about nine months. Mum was very distressed, mm. uh, very scared for him. Um, and, you know, just working with working with her to show her what he could do shifted her fear and then in turn shifted his fear. And, in fact, he took his first steps with me and he took his first words with me. Oh, wow. Um, you know. Uh, that's fascinating because also you would in this country obviously people do have access to physiotherapists and they would be getting the NHS treatment but the fact that their treatment isn't able to reach some different places is interesting I think what you know I think what we do is we because we work on an emotional plane as well as Mm. you know the physical so that's what was very clear for me in this particular instance was how anxious the mother was and therefore when I was able to reassure her and mm. just see all the potential for him. Yes. It, it, that energetic dynamic changes. And I therefore see. he can improve. Whereas if the physiotherapist would only be working with the child's muscles. Yes. Well, that, that's, that's of course, <laughs> of course, that's the difference. And that's why we practice yoga. And it's not just a set of exercises, isn't it? So I absolutely. suppose, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. of course. And that makes you know, absolute sense when you say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we've seen autistic children, you know, settling, being able to be more comfortable, not having to uh, uh, have so many um, meltdowns, mm. you know, just generally calming their nervous system um, mm. through different practices with them. Um, you know, so we've seen kids who are then able to stay in school rather than be excluded from school. We have a, quite a, a strong uh, program here um, in, the, in the UK for children with autism in education trying to keep them in education rather than have them excluded, which, of course, has huge amounts of mental health issues Mm. for them in, you know, in in lack of socialization and and all of that stuff. So, you know, I think it it works across the board, really, you know, Mm. for all children um, to to in all conditions also. And the conditions are just labels anyway, you know. And the conditions sure. of, you know, the labels. We're, we're all somewhere on a spectrum, aren't we? I'm pretty sure I am. That's <laughs> I, I, me too, for sure. <laughs> it was very yeah, funny one normal? day when I said to my team, yeah, yeah, normal? I don't know. <laughs> and I said to my, my team mm. one day, you know, I, I realised this weekend, I think, I'm, I think I'm autistic, and they all burst out laughing. And they said, well, how come you didn't know? <laughs> we've all seen it for years <laughs> that's funny isn't it because yeah, yeah. as you say when we were all growing up well we're just a little bit who we are yeah, yeah, I, yeah, some, yeah. somebody saying to me oh you've been tested for Asperger's like why why do you say that <laughs> <laughs> well I suppose it, it, it's if you're a driven kind of a person it's one way of sort of saying it isn't it but we've, we've all got things that we could work with and I think that's where yoga is the beauty isn't it because it's such a um it's such a full practice it goes from everything from the very physical to just sitting and being with who you are and reaching another place it can reach everybody well uh, i think that's that, that's, that. that's fantastic and also you know it's it, as an you know as a therapy as a therapeutic practice mm. it's not something you do to the child it's something you do with the child and therefore the entire family or the entire community can participate with mm. the children 
so that it's not like you're taken out for an OT session or you're taken out for a physio session. We can all do yoga together. Uh, that, and that's great because also I have friends who are saying, oh, I'd love my kids to do yoga, but they don't, they, you know, they won't do it. So obviously well, course, it's sort of yeah. coming from another place, isn't it? Yeah, but, you know, it depends on the imposition of it, you know. And, mm. uh, you know, I mean, even with my kids growing up, you know, I, if I tried to push them onto a mat with me, they weren't coming. If I mm. left the door open and made it appealing for them to come in, they would come in. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and if we kind of impose our parental you will do this and you mm. will do that. Of course this is good for it. you. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah all that stuff. And I've been there. I've done all of that. Mm. You know, you know, to the extent with my kids going down and I'm not doing yoga with you, mum, I want another teacher. You know? Oh, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's nothing like your kids to give you the accolades. That you need. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> oh, dear. So, um, so you must be very, very busy doing all the trainings around the world, traveling and rolling this out now as a massive project globally. It's well, wonderful. I am busy. I am busy, but I also have a phenomenal team around me. So I've trained up some of my team. So they're running training programs, some of the training programs now as well. Right. Um, so I, I don't do everything like I used to. Mm. Um, and we've just completed a... Uh, what would make up a 200-hour program was 150 hours of a level two special yoga program. I had 32 people just finished actually this weekend. And um, so they're now, you know, ripe and ready to go on their own journeys to to, to see what where, where it might take. Um, and mm. I certainly some of them, you know, I suspect could be trainers, um, certainly could be consultants, depending on how we run our online trainings, certainly could help mentor mm. some new people coming through. So, you know, it's it's growing, it's it's constantly growing. And I, you know, I, I think that, uh, at, you know, I'm 61 now. And I think, you know, mm. as I get older, the role mm. that I'm looking to play in the years to come is much more of a grandmother than a mother. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's kind of, you know, getting my children to birth new children, really. <laughs> yes. Well, that's and that's a lovely way of putting it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, 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 you know, I don't see them as my children anyway. I mean, we're mm. all together. We're all working together. But it's that kind mm. of um, role in it um, mm. where I see. And, you know, and, and, and then we become leaders in, the, you know, leaders for special yoga, leaders for these children, spokespeople mm. for these children. And we can support their well-being in a greater level. You know. mm. Mm, it's fascinating and and it's wonderful because um there's lately been a lot of media about um wonderful Greta who has been speaking out about climate change and she said that it was her autism yeah. that was a gift enabling her to see through the lies and uh, and it does make think well we all completely have the wrong framework when we're looking at people, like, oh, they're we, not able we, to do we, this. We, well, how, what are they able to we do? We totally <laughs> have the wrong framework. I mean, so many of these children, especially with Asperger's and autism, are so intelligent. They're mm. so highly intelligent, but the education system doesn't, mm. they don't fit into it. So then mm. they're deemed as not intelligent or not useful or whatever language one might, might want to put mm -hmm. around it. You know, I mean, I remember a little boy, he was about, five when five or six we, we worked with him for a long time and in fact I think he's still getting yoga with with one of our practitioners um and he has ADHD and maybe mm. autism as well in mainstream school and he used to come out so frustrated and one day he came in and he sat down and he said to me I have to tell you something I you know I know how hand drying machines work and I know how they're made and I think we can do it with less sound so that it wouldn't be so disturbing for people like me <laughs> and I sat there, you know, with my mouth dropped. And you know 
that he has the mechanism by which to do that. Yeah. But who is going to listen to him at six right. years old? Do, do you know what I mean? That's amazing, isn't it? It's a phenomenal. And there are so many of them like that who've got mm. this mind that's way beyond our, our capacity. Mm. I wouldn't even know where to start to think of about, course. you know, a hand drying machine. Nor would I remember that actually for those kids that are on sensory overload, the sound is horrible for them. Mm. Mm. Isn't that fascinating? <laughs> you know. All, all of these things. And, so, and, and we're not making the most of all of these humans in our society. Exactly. Exactly. And to sideline them is just awful. Exactly. So I'm all for let's get these kids being seen, let's get these mm. kids being heard, let's get these kids into their, you know, into their power and into their potential and let's mm. see what they can do. And, you know, there are organizations now, banks particularly, that are hiring mm. people with autism because they can see patterns and numbers we can't see. Yes, 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 that completely makes sense. You know, yeah, um, well, but they don't good. know how to socialize within the context of being in, the, you know, in a working environment. So they, you know, the other people working there have to learn how to work with them. It's great, mm. I love it. You know? <laughs> Which is also yeah. very good for people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good learning for everybody. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Wow. Well, it's amazing to hear about how transformative yoga has been to these people and how important it is and the work that you're spreading. Um, what small steps, just to, again, because these are these ideas can seem very lofty to so many people, but just in terms of you and your daily life, what small steps do you think you take that would make that make the biggest difference on a sort of daily or weekly basis? What sort of habits do you have, do you think, that, um, um, that enable well, you to work, do your work? Yeah, I mean, thank you. <laughs> well, I work very closely with my breath. I also mm. am very conscious that you know, my body is older than it used to be, obviously, mm. and that it can do different things. So, mm. and it needs, and more than anything, it needs different things. So I think the the thing that we, you know, once we start to work with our breath and our minds, we can also start to work with our bodies because if we start to listen to it, it tells mm. us what it needs. It tells us when it needs to go out and do more vigorous exercise, you know, which might be a, a you know, a more dynamic vinyasa practice mm. or it teaches us when we need to rest and restore it teaches us a lot and I think that if we certainly for me you know my daily practice mm. is to spend moments listening and giving it what it needs so that we develop mm. this kind of self-care that once we start to develop for ourselves is so much easier to give to another mm. yeah and I so think much more authentic I think yeah as well that absolutely is great advice and I think it's that listening that is the thread that's been throughout this conversation that you will listen to your body you're listening to the students and you've listened to the whatever it is for your dharma and um, that's what I take from the conversation is that you have your ear to the ground <laughs> I try I try <laughs> I think that's a skill that's an inspiration for us all to if there's one thing that we could do more of today it would be listen I think it's also worth listening to our thoughts and not getting caught up with the negative ones mm. and learning mm. to see that actually oh, okay so oh yeah you've come back again have you you know because mm. we've all got repetitive negative thoughts you know, mm. that's part of what makes us human but uh, you know learning how to work with those thoughts and noticing when they arise and and, you know, noticing our, when we start to project stuff that hasn't happened and, you know, in our thoughts mm. and how actually that takes us down paths we really don't want to go, <laughs> you mm. know, mm. 
um, mm. is also really helpful. So it's another aspect of listening, I think. Yes, that's that's a very and again that that's one step harder to notice those negative thoughts. It is, but you know, it's like a muscle. Once you start to work it, it becomes stronger. Oh, well, hopefully, that's something that we can all work on. That's a good one. Well, I really, really appreciate those takeaways. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the people? I don't know, really. I mean, if this if this kind of work calls you mm. to work with children, uh, whether they, you know, children and or children with special or additional needs, you know, please do come and find us. We've got you know training programs ongoing all year round, and mm-hmm. as I as I mentioned earlier, we are beginning to develop online uh, resources as well, which um, is going to take another few months to to put into place but um, they, they mm, will great. come and um, yeah please come and find us we're at uh, www.specialyoga.org fabulous fab and of course your classes are on movement for modern life so people can get a taste of how you work very intuitively with children because it is such a game changer to see the way that you work it's absolutely it was mind-blowing to me liberating oh, absolutely love it well, I also I also love the children you know and I mm. I think that you know I, I I I really feel and I've always felt that that I don't teach anything anyway I share what I know and they mm. teach me and they teach me in so many ways so I love them you know I really enjoy being with them and, you know, brings out all the nicer qualities of me as well. And sometimes not such nice qualities that I need to look at. So, (laughs) (laughs) And I suppose that's what learning is. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I always I always think the the most challenging moments with the children are your biggest blessings. (laughs) Mm, That's a great one. That's a great one to, to muse on. And I think that's true in life. Our greatest challenges are our biggest blessings. Thought. <laughs> well Jyoti I really appreciate all of your time thank, thank you, you so much for sharing oh, your thank thoughts. you I really hope that you enjoyed hearing that interview with Jyoti Emmanuel I hope that you found her inspiring and that you enjoyed our lessons in listening and did you have any thoughts about it what do you think what do you think about teaching yoga without a class plan It's like um, going into life and working with no plan. You have to listen a whole lot more. And I think that is such a beautiful thing to challenge ourselves to and remind ourselves to do. It's that meeting of people face to face and really making sure that you're hearing people with your full self and that you're listening to them. And isn't that a great way of just respecting one another and the planet, just to keep listening. So keep listening to the podcasts. And I really hope you've enjoyed and thank you so very, very much for your support.